Thanks for tuning in to our podcast, Getting Down to Business. I'm Jill Brown, Academic and Career Advisor for the Muma College of Business. And I'm Ashley Curtis, Career Counselor and Internship Coordinator. We're so excited for today's episode. Today we have with us Victoria Beltran, Assistant Director of Prevention Services with USF St. Petersburg Campus Wellness Center. Um, I'll have Victoria share a little bit about herself. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I have been at the Wellness Center here for about January will be 10 years. Wow. So I have definitely seen um, the wellness movement and campus change quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I have quite a historical memory of, of all the things that we've done to improve student health and well-being here at the St. Pete campus. Yes, and improve is where we're headed with this podcast today. All right. Do you have a mantra or self-care practice you might want to share with our listeners? I am very good at saying no. <laughs> um, that is something I learned very early on. Uh, Thankfully, I didn't get myself into too much trouble saying mm -hmm. yes to everything and having that be a burden and a, you know, a big stressor was my calendar being too full. Right. Um, but I realized when I got into grad school that time was very limited and I had too much to do. So the best thing that I could do was learn to say no. Mm -hmm. um, and that really has turned into things that like I don't consider self-care because they are now things that I have time for because I'm not busy doing things that I don't care about. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the, the biggest piece of advice I can give people is like really dedicate your time to stuff that you care about. The other stuff that's not important, that falls by the wayside. And then you end up having time for things that matter, things that fuel you, things that make you feel good. And that's, I mean, I don't know anything that's more defining of self-care than yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. Boundary setting is so important. Mm -hmm. so. Thanks for sharing. We'd love to do a quick word association game with you. So Jill and I are going to take turns um, sharing a word with you. First thing that comes okay. to mind when you hear the word. All so right. I'll start holistic. Comprehensive. Everything. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Resilient. Uh, necessary. Challenging. Gained. Community. Oh, man. Um, love. Support. Which leads right to the last word. Happy. Happy. <laughs> Individual. Right. Perspective. Relative. I like these words. I like your association. <laughs> this is fantastic. And I know we're about to jump in. So thanks for playing. Absolutely. And now we want to get down to business with you. Uh, our wellness center here supports student health and well-being with a variety of services. So could you provide a high-level overview of the various resources available to the students here? Yeah, I like to start out by telling um, everyone, students, that's the main population that we serve. We are a really unique center in that we are fully integrated. Um, the Wellness Center, we make it as easy as possible for students. We have one office, one phone number, one website. Um, all of our offices are next to each other in the same suite. Um, you know immediately where we are because all of our windows are frosted because it's a fully confidential space. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we work to do is to provide the array of services that will help a student achieve holistic health. So if they are um, interested in free mental health care, we offer psychological and counseling services that are free and unlimited for the duration of their college career with us. Um, we know that mental health care is really expensive, even if you have insurance. So that mm -hmm. is something that their health fee goes towards. They don't have to pay anything to see any counselor. 
Then right down the hall from that is our medical side. So we have a full staff uh, nursing and uh, medical professionals that help deal with like the primary care things. So what a student would need to see their family doctor for or a primary care provider, they can just come start seeing us. So we'll see students who have, um, you know, GI bugs or they sprain their ankle or they have a headache. Um, or we also have students who are like, I need a physical or sports physical, mm -hmm. something that's more preventative. Um, or students who may be struggling with like chronic um, high cholesterol, um, diabetes, and they need help managing those, um, those disorders. We all handle that in-house. And then down the hall from that is um, our victim advocate. And so students who are dealing with unfortunately what happens to some of our students that they might find themselves the victim of a crime. Mm -hmm. um, they might find that they are struggling with domestic violence or relationship violence, stalking, all those things that make school really difficult to do. Um, they can come see our victim advocate for free and our victim advocate works with them to help them change classes if they are in class with a perpetrator or work with uh, professors to get an extension um, on papers and exams. Mm -hmm even things like new housing, if they need assistance with law enforcement reporting, going to court house and getting injunctions. That is all a free service we provide. And then just down the hall from that <laughs> is me, all in the same suite where I'm kind of the person who goes out of the wellness center. I don't provide any clinical services to students. I don't have any licensure for that. But I work on educating our campus on things that are about healthy decision-making, things that like are achievable, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're not preaching a perfect lifestyle. We're not preaching like a, a diet or something that a normal person who's trying to take classes and get a degree can't do. Um, and so we really try and fill all the gaps. So if a student comes to see one of our medical providers for a physical and they complain that they've been struggling with anxiety, mm -hmm. we can do a warm handoff yeah. right in the same suite and say, hey, you may wanna talk to Dr. Mitchell. We can set you up with an appointment before you even leave. I can even introduce you to, say, Karen, our clinical social worker, and set you up for that appointment. And then say, if they're in counseling, they disclose that they have been struggling with domestic violence. Then we do a warm handoff to Aubrey, who's mm -hmm. our victim advocate in the same office. So what we have found is that because of the wide array of services and the low barriers to access them, students don't really fall through any gaps with us. Um, they end up using multiple services in the same calendar year. And if not, by the time they graduate, they've at least used one or two of our services. So um, it's a really unique angle of trying to improve health and wellness that gonna, no cost, no barriers. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's incredible thinking about it all being right there mm -hmm. in one suite, one building, second floor, basically the SLC. Yep, correct. Yep. Okay, and I was just thinking about my college and I don't know if I ever ate yeah, how would you even, I didn't even know where to go. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely not in a one-stop shop type environment. Right. So the handoffs are really nice, knowing your providers, knowing those resources. So thanks for sharing. Well, I think that's nice too, is because you as staff are all working together mm -hmm. too. So there's a level of communication that you're having on the back end where it's really nice, where I think it enhances the level of care that that student gets, which I think is important. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, our, our clinicians are highly skilled in what they do, and we meet them where they're at, and we make sure that they don't fall through any gaps when they come see us. Love that.
You've started talking about your specific role with prevention services. I'm going to give you the opportunity to dive a little bit more in depth um, into the different umbrellas within prevention services and then um, share with us your thoughts on how students can be proactive in their health and safety. Yeah. So uh, like most people on this campus, I do a lot, a lot that's not even in my job description. Um, <laughs> I started here as a health educator and then I was promoted in 2018 to um, an assistant director position to oversee a more strategic approach to how we are providing services that are all about prevention, right? That focus of preventing students from getting so sick that they have to, you know, miss weeks of classes and preventing mental health issues to the point where they have to withdraw from the semester. And that really is a public health approach. And that's that's my background. I'm, I'm currently a doctoral candidate in the College of Public Health. Congrats. So, you know, that that pop that that bird's eye view of like, how is this going to work as a campus to make sure that we're preventing things from getting so bad? Mm -hmm. The other side of that is that I'm responsible for getting students in the door. Right. So like our nurse practitioner isn't out there doing classroom presentations. <laughs> our nurse practitioner is seeing patients, students. Right. Yes. Um, so I'm the one who's like the face of the wellness center saying like, we're awesome, come use us. You don't have to pay anything extra. Right. Get them in the door so that they use the services. And so what um, we really try to do is meet students where they're at if they want distance prevention efforts, if they want self-paced help, if they want um, more of a community feel for things that they want to work on to improve their health. Um, anything that makes it easier for a student to access something that helps them out in their own individual path is kind of what I'm responsible for. So um, obviously we do, you know, educational sessions, classroom presentations, trainings, workshops. Um, and so that is where, you know, we have a number of on-demand programs that faculty, student orgs, really anyone can request on our website. Um, we have all of the program descriptions, the learning objectives, how long they take, everything that someone like, do I need to reserve a computer, all that stuff, already on our website. Um, and we see a lot of faculty who maybe they're going to a conference one week or maybe they've built it into their curriculum and they ask us to come in and talk about stress management or something like that. And so those are, you know, real easy kind of like skill. We're, we're, we're getting some skills on like mm -hmm. how to manage your stress better. And we're getting some knowledge about like general health practices. And then we do other things that are more training specific, like uh, suicide prevention training. So uh, helping people recognize the warning signs of a suicide crisis and understanding that it is preventable, that you can actually intervene in mm -hmm. someone who may be experiencing suicidal ideation. Um, and so we also do things like uh, report support, which is led by our victim advocate to help faculty and staff get a better understanding of how to do Title IX incident reports which is like one of those, yeah. like, oh God, I don't want to do, people freak out about that, right? Because yeah. it's it's heavy. Mm -hmm. So we offer training on how to do that and how to write a, a good report, how to respond, how to refer. Then the other side of what I do is a lot of our um, health communication, social media and marketing, because we know obviously that's where our students are. Um, so how do we get the best information to them that is short, sweet, but still about increasing knowledge around important health issues? Um, so 
you know, that's not my background. <laughs> I have learned how to do it. Um, but we do a lot of stuff on Instagram, a um, little bit of stuff on Facebook. That's where you need a student intern to come. I do. Right? I, finally, I got one <laughs> to help me with all of okay, that. Okay, perfect. Um, so we do a lot on like the health communication side of, of making it digestible and mm -hmm. easy to understand. Um, but that also cuts through some noise of like, this is a credible source. Come, come to our page. Right. We'll break it down for you. It's awareness. And mm -hmm. I know that this is all provided at orientation as we bring new students onto our campus, but it's deer in the headlights time with orientation. There's so much going on, especially again, and very unique to the student if they're moving away from home for the first time or transfer students, it's a new college and a new campus. So we've got a variety and then you don't know what you're gonna need until you're in the midst of something and reaching out mm -hmm. could be, you know, so having that constant message that right. that's available in there. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I make sure in orientation, I show our website instead of a PowerPoint presentation. Because yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes, that is not enough time to retain anything. So at least they have a memory yeah. of a website. And you've got great videos <laughs> as I was researching. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, thank so. you. Um, that is another part of my job is the website management. <laughs> so doing a lot of that stuff. Um, but we also have a whole side of our website, the prevention services tab, that is stuff that students can just like log into and it's fully self-paced. Mm -hmm. um, we have a program um, that is for all USF students called TAL, Therapy Assistance Program. Um, and that is an online platform that for students who are doing telemental health, they can use that platform with their counselor. Nice. But it's also just a repository of modules that are fully self-paced, self-paced work and a meditation library. So I refer students to TAL all the time to say like, hey, you know, maybe you have anxiety, but it's like not the level where you're like, I need therapy, right? Like I need ongoing mental health care, but I just need some skills. I need like a quick strategy for my toolbox. Why don't you take the managing anxiety module in TAL? There's stuff about journaling, there's, um, you know, built-in meditations, or maybe there's a student who's like, I really struggle trying to get to sleep. I'm like, well then check out one of the meditations. We that. have five minute meditations <laughs> to help you get to sleep, right? That's not even like a module that you have to sign into. So Tao is like one of those gems of a resource that for many of our students who may never need to set foot inside the wellness center, because sometimes you just, you don't need a professional help, but you need something. Mm -hmm. Tao is like the perfect program for that. And they just need their USF email to log into it. Super handy then for online students as well. 100%. Yeah, or yeah. working professionals are in and out of campus. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because it, it just logs your information. You go mm -hmm. into it when you need it. You don't if you don't, right? Um, we also have a uh, program called Together All, and that is a peer-to-peer -peer based chat platform that is only for USF students. And it's really neat because that is just for them to talk to each other about things that they are struggling with. Um, it is monitored by a mental health professional on the back end in case there's like any distressing stuff that's being shared. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things that makes mental health challenges such a struggle is you, you really do feel like you're dealing with it by yourself, like yeah. you're in isolation. And so Together All lets you talk to other USF students and like, hey, are you struggling? Like, I'm struggling too. I love this. Yes. I wish I had that. Yeah, yeah. chat. Because it seems so less intimidating yes. to talk to a peer. Well, and I... And I think you've honed in on something where it's, I think it's very easy to think that you're going through something mm -hmm. alone. And I think so often people don't realize that the experiences that they're having, someone else is having a very similar experience. So to be mm -hmm. able to have a dialogue 
um, and find, you know, community in that to work through that I think is really great. Yeah, just that sense of like, I'm not the only one mm -hmm. is sometimes like the only like positive thing that someone needs to feel like they can actually yeah. attack the, the issue or the problem or, or actually, you know, access counseling, right? Um, and then, you know, part of the other side of prevention work is to make sure that students know about all of the other things that we do. Like we have a lot of drop-in workshops that our uh, counseling staff offers that are drop-in, right? You don't have to mm -hmm. be in counseling. You don't have to be a patient or client. You come when you want and they're all skill-based. They're all about learning stress management skills or they're mm -hmm. all learning about nice. how to just adapt better to life. You know, we see sometimes students who come in and change is just too much like any amount of change mm -hmm. and they cannot adapt they can't bounce back they can't move forward and so um, we have a group called adaptable and it is to help them learn those skills they can be a little bit more resilient they can mm -hmm. bounce back they can adapt to change um, and then we have a new one this semester that we're offering as a support group called adjustable so for students who are just struggling with this adjustment of coming to school maybe for mm -hmm. the first time post-ish pandemic, <laughs> right? That they've right. been virtual for a while mm -hmm. or for a lot of people, they, they're now feeling comfortable coming out maskless because they've you know been around and the world feels different. Maybe it feels scary. Adjustable is an opportunity for them to get some support from students who are also feeling that like weirdness or like, what is college? Like, what is this? I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with this quite yet. Mm -hmm. So we really just do a variety of things that are all about, not only do we want you to know that there's a place that you can get help when you are sick, when you are struggling, but like, what can we do to make sure that you don't get to that point where you're struggling, that you don't get to that point where you're too sick to actually fulfill your goal of being a student and graduating. Right. To be your best. Mm -hmm. And to break through any barriers or challenges yeah. to really thrive is what I feel like the office provides. Mm -hmm. I want to stop for a second. So as we have listeners talking about this, some of them, you know, don't always necessarily seek mental help help right away or mental services. And I'm curious if we have someone listening, can you share maybe like a couple of like warning signs that maybe they should like go chat with someone, go to the wellness center? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that is the easiest to listen to is your gut, right? I don't think you need to have any like clinical diagnostic <laughs> criteria. Yeah. I mean, we have plenty of free mental health screenings on our website that students can take. If they're like, I don't know if I have a problem. I don't, I don't, I feel different, but I don't know if this like rises to the level of care. Our free screenings give them their results immediately and it tells them what to do with their results. Like maybe like, maybe you're good, maybe take Tau. Or maybe it's like, if you're experiencing severe mental health issues, we recommend you make an appointment. Mm -hmm. That can be a way for students to like, just get immediate feedback on where they're at. But nine times out of 10, you know when something is different with you. You know when like, you're not experiencing pleasure anymore. Like you don't look forward to the same things that you used to. You know when you start withdrawing from people that mm -hmm. like you'd rather stay at home than hang out with friends or loved ones. Um, you cancel plans a lot and that's not like you to do. Um, maybe you're having trouble getting up and showering and like the idea of making food for yourself is too much. You know when something's different. When that happens, reach out. Yeah. It can be as easy as asking your roommate, you know what? I'm not feeling like myself. Have you noticed that? 
And that's enough to spark a Have conversation. Have a friend bring yeah. you in, right? Yes. Walk you in. Yeah. 100%. Well, because that, that was a good question. Because I had a student, once we worked through, she returned, but she left campus for a bit. And then kind of expressing what had occurred was like, I was so deep in this dark well, and I couldn't get out, and I didn't know how, because I'm talking about resources and things that we have. But she was like, it just you know it's got to be the right time too they also have to be able to to do it and it's almost this is the community we talked about is we have to help each other mm -hmm. so you tell your roommate i'm not i'm not quite sure and you're nervous about it but if the two you know there's uh solidarity in numbers right mm -hmm. and so that can always help so be a good friend too in and that sense right i think to, yeah it's like <laughs> if you are the roommate who's noticing those changes yeah. be like hey are you okay yeah are you okay yeah and i think you know, equipping students with the feeling of empowerment that you can have these conversations that feel mm. a little icky, that yeah. feel a little challenging. They may even feel like you're like encroaching in someone's business when you shouldn't be. Those are the conversations that you can have. And probably even more importantly, those are those conversations you should be having, yes. right? When you notice that someone is not going to class, you notice that someone mm -hmm. is miserable in their relationship, when you notice that someone is failing because they're drinking all the time or really they're just unmotivated and are smoking weed all the time, like you notice those things, those are the conversations you should be having. And, and what I find is that people forget that you can ask, you know, are you okay? But the follow-up is, because I've noticed mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Right, because it's really easy for someone to get out of yep, that. They're all, yeah. I'm fine. oh yeah, I'm fine, fine. Mm -hmm. Or like, I'm just you know young. This is you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nothing, yeah. no big deal. Just a Monday. But when you <laughs> come with your observations and you're yeah. like, but I've noticed yeah. this. Okay. Um, it's really hard for someone to be like, you haven't noticed that. <laughs> I mean, right. It's a nice statement, of course. I, I have. Right. You may not think it's a problem, but I've noticed this. Yeah. Um, that usually gets that ball rolling. And it becomes a, a much more fruitful, effective conversation rather than just being like, are you okay? Because mm -hmm. when someone's struggling with mental health, the first thing they're going to say is, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. But we know they're not, right? Yeah. Oh. Um, you've talked about the different services and you started to um, talk about like appointments, drop-ins, things like that. Maybe you could, because I went to the FAQ and the first one, a lot of times students are worried about services and you've already said free, we're gonna say it again, free services. Um, but there are other times when there are urgent scenarios and they have questions about insurance. So maybe if you wanna you know, touch on some of those uh, frequent maybe barriers to seeking out resources. Yes, yeah. We really stress that <laughs> it is free to see anyone at the Wellness Center. Okay. You do not need to pay anything. There is a health fee that is part of everyone's tuition. Yeah, and that's so right. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and these things are, like, hella expensive when you leave college, so you need to be using them. Like, use them because you're paying for them. Um, and what's nice is now that we're consolidated, you know, if a student is taking most of their classes on the Tampa campus, they can access all of these health and wellness resources on the Tampa campus, mm -hmm. no cost. Mm -hmm. um, so the health fee goes towards your copay and deductibles. So there is no payment to see anyone. The only side of the house where there may be an additional charge is if you are seeing our consulting psychiatrist, if you are seeing our registered dietitian, um, if you no show, that's mm -hmm. a big one. If you just <laughs> don't show up, we will charge you a fee. Um, and then if you get any sort of medical procedure. Okay. So if you get a consultation with a medical provider, no cost, right? If you're just talking about oh, like yes. options for birth control or if you're, you know, telling them that 
you've had a headache and they write you a prescription, no cost. Um, but if you're getting something like a well woman's exam, a physical, if you're getting um, a lab done or a mm -hmm. culture, those things do have an additional fee associated with okay. them. What's nice though, is that our costs are very, very, very low. Mm -hmm. um, well woman's exams around $35. Um, STI testing can be around 15 mm -hmm. and these things are like 200 and yeah, up when yeah. you get them in the community or provider. My jaw was dropping. I was like, this is so valuable. I mean, <laughs> like these are really great services yeah, that yeah. if a student doesn't have health insurance, that's the self-pay option that we'll go with and mm -hmm. we charge their Oasis account um, and they pay through that. And then if they have insurance, we bill their insurance. Easy as pie. Yeah. And we don't have to use our insurance. So there's some students who are concerned about parents accessing explanation of benefits because um, all insurances are different. Mm -hmm. They don't want to use their insurance. We will go the self-pay option. So we really are making sure that students feel one cost is not a reason mm -hmm. to not come see us. Cost is like the reason you should come see us because right. we're so affordable. Um, but whether you have insurance or not, we will work with you and you will get care with us. And the confidential piece, I think, is pretty critical as mm -hmm. well, because, again, Nobody has to know your business. Right. Yeah, and that's number one thing that I think parents probably have the hardest time is realizing that like they can't make these appointments for mm -hmm. their, their children anymore mm -hmm. and that they can't just make a call and demand that they get the medical records like or the mental health records. Report. Right. Right. We cannot even confirm or deny if their student came to us. Mm -hmm. um, so even if they're still on their parents' insurance, once you hit 18, your records are yours alone. They don't mm -hmm. mingle with your educational records. So like your advisor, your faculty can't even request Yeah, that was those. the other piece I wanted to make sure students understood. Your your instructor is not going to know anything, neither your advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have told us that you want certain people to know certain mm -hmm. things about your medical and mental health history, mm -hmm. but that is a legal form that is signed by the student. Sure. Um, we are just for the student. Our main concern is to make sure that they're okay um, and that we maintain the strictest, highest standards of confidentiality. Because um, like I said, I'm not licensed to see patients, but all the rest of our clinicians are. So by state and federal law, they have to abide by those rules as well. Mm -hmm. So for students who are interested in health and wellness, um, we have opportunities to join clubs with the USF peers in the community. Um, can you tell our listeners about some of the student orgs with USF uh, heat and then active minds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is like one of my favorite parts because <laughs> this is how I found the field of public health. I was a peer health educator in college and I loved it. It was one, I met students that were just like me that like had an interest in health and wellness. Right. They weren't perfect students, but they were like, I want to learn and maybe I'll do this as a career. Maybe I won't. But like for me, I was like always my friend's DD growing up. I was like always the one who had a condom in my pocket and be like, be safe. Um, Make good choices. Yeah, like, you know, let, yeah. let's let's be smart tonight. Um, and no judgment, but I just wanted people to experience life, but safely. So peer health education was like my entry into one, learning public speaking in general. That's a huge fear that students have. Like, Yes. Massive fear. We, we can confirm that, yes. <laughs> right? So, you know, just being in a, a peer health educator, I learned about public speaking skills, but also things like program development, um, facilitating meetings, mm -hmm. uh, communication skills, in addition to learning about health and wellness stuff. And um, so to me, I love that I am, um, when I started here, I became the advisor for the group that was known as peers, and we just rebranded this past summer. Um, we are now known as the USF Heat, and our team is the St. Pete Heat. 
There's lots of clever that. rhyming yes, stuff that course. we get to do. Um, and HEAT stands for Health Education Action Team. And so they do, you know, peer health education stuff. They learn about health and wellness content. They uh, go out and do campus-wide events for other students, really showing them and modeling mm -hmm. for other students that it is possible to make healthy choices. That, like, we get it. There's going to be some weeks where, like, you're just going to eat pizza every single meal because that's what you have in your fridge and you don't have time to make anything. But you can try to go to bed at 1030 and get eight hours of sleep, even though maybe you're not eating a well-balanced meal, right? That there are still ways to work in health and wellness. And so um, that's what the heat really does. They're more about like general health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Active Minds is um, from a national organization. Um, the organization was started because the president's brother uh, died by suicide while he was in college. And so Active Minds is really dedicated to increasing mental health awareness on campuses. Um, not so much like the campus-wide events approach that uh, HEAT does, but more about um, preventing suicide, uh, honoring people that we've lost, uh, raising awareness around mental health resources that are on campus and in the community. Um, so much more mental health focus. We have a lot of students who have like, obviously a lot of experience with mental health ex you know, struggles or want to do something in mental health mm -hmm. as a career. So Active Minds would be a great group for them to join. Ooh, I just, I, I love it. This is a great way for students to get involved and learn some wonderful soft skills that you brought up. So you can see if we've covered this area at all, but I, the other day when I was walking through the USC, I heard two students talking about food on the menu and I started laughing because I thought immediately of ramen noodles and mac and cheese, right? And this horrible diet of what you live on in college. And it's got to be a struggle still, and you already brought it up, pizza every night, or who even knows? It might just be Coke and Red Bull. Um, what What is USF doing in our wellness to try to help students, you know, balance healthy eating or lifestyle decisions in that sense? You know, what I really appreciate about this campus is that, you know, everyone knows that the Wellness Center is dedicated to this as like our main mission, right? Mm -hmm. our, our slogan is holistic health happens here. But everyone else on campus also feels like it is important for their roles to promote health and wellness too. So, you know, while we do more of on the nutrition side, more clinical type stuff, we mm -hmm. have a registered dietitian who comes um, a few times a month for students to get that one-on-one -on -one assistance. Mm -hmm. It is not expensive. I believe the fee is 15 to $20. Oh, wow. I mean, it is on That's health so insurance. Fantastic. It's like $200 yeah. to see a nutrition, yeah. even when you have insurance. So for students who, you know, struggle with like the typical things, maybe you have food allergies, mm -hmm. maybe you have a chronic condition, um, maybe you just have absolutely no idea how to eat well. No one's right. ever taught you, you've never cool. seen it. You just need to know how to meal plan. Mm -hmm. um, but then also things like, what if you're training for an athletic event and you need to learn how to fuel yourself more appropriately? That's all stuff that our registered dietitian helps students with. Awesome. Easy peasy, you just yeah. make an appointment and it is a fabulous service. Um, then we also uh, make sure that we are working with our dining halls. So uh, we love to be able to work with Aramark's registered dietitian as well to do their um, events, promote what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, we end up uh, pushing out a lot of their stuff from social media when they're hosting events about fresh foods, um, you know, being able to help students know how to access better foods and read nutrition labels. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we are partnering with Campus Rec. We've been doing this since we piloted this last fall and we started the classes in spring. So this will be the second semester we're actually doing the classes. Um, we have a program called Bowls in the Kitchen. 
and it is a three-week cooking class series that is $25 for three classes, including food. (laughs) Again, like, you can't beat that. That's No, go out to eat. I don't know that I've ever eaten in St. Pete, like, $25 in one meal, right? Way more than that. (laughs) Um, And so what we learn in this class is knife skills, um, things that a home cook needs to have. This is not fancy. This is not like, you know, Food Network stuff. Um, This is also cooking nutritious recipes with ingredients that you can use over and over and over again. So we try to buy some, you know, like a set of food that we then use for the rest of the cooking series because that's how we all cook at home, right? Um, Obviously, need to take this class. (laughs) It's great. We use the Osprey Kitchen. Um, And so the feedback that we got from students last semester were that they were so, so stoked about the class. They loved it. We use live cooking on the podcast type. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Please invite me back for that. I love it. <laughs> and I'm sure I we can it. sample, but I really do need to take this. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We make the food and then they take the food to eat. So um, <laughs> also, because it's like around dinner time, we also want to make sure that we are showing to them that they can cook something in 30 minutes and feel fueled by it. Right. right? That it's not like garbage in and then garbage out because you can't focus and you can't concentrate and, mm. you know, sugar crash. Um, we also make sure that it is either vegan friendly or vegetarian friendly. Um, we don't have any really allergens in the foods that we cook. We try to make it so that anyone who comes to class mm-hmm. can eat it or adjust it on their own so that they can eat it for their needs. Um, and then this year we're, tr- we're doing something new. We've actually bought more cooking equipment so that students can practice their knife skills. They can actually get in there um, instead of just watching us. Oh, I'm glad I asked Very that about cool. nutrition. I know it was a little bit of a change of subject. So No, but it's so relevant, right? Because I think you look at, we, you know, we asked one of the words holistic, right, in the beginning, and you look at overall general well-being, and it, it's part of it starts with what you're putting into your body, right? Absolutely. Which, because it impacts your mind, and that impacts, you know, how you show up um, academically in all spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love what you said about how every office, in a sense, if when we all put health and wellness in the forefront mm-hmm. of whatever we're doing, whatever our role on campus, and I do feel that the College of Business really strongly supports students, healthy minds, better grades, better study, better time management, all of that goes into you, you have to take care of yourself first. Yeah. So it's all about having a better life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I don't kid myself thinking that this is the only thing that our students are doing. We call them students. Like that's the only thing that they do is student stuff. It's like, absolutely not. They, they are so much more than that. Um, and you know, and we haven't even talked about students who don't have access to food regularly, right? Like these are, we're assuming that students can access food and mm-hmm. can get to it and they have the money, the time, they don't work all the time and skip food, you know, skip meals. So we have a food pantry on campus mm-hmm. um, and Student Outreach and Support runs that. And it is now, it has moved to the back of the SLC. So there is a back door, okay. which is actually really, really nice. Students yeah. don't even have to go into the building. They can come in the back, pick up their food, all free for them. Um, and they end up having um, a relatively nutritious meal that is food that they might not have had access to if mm-hmm. they didn't go to our food pantry. And our, didn't we start a garden? We do. Students learn yeah. to yeah, kind of grow a... and seed, and it can be right from move that right to your cooking show, and there yeah. you go. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> Real farm to table. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I think that's important. Yes. We I'm glad we didn't forget the pantry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we've talked, I think, a little bit about it, but I, I do think it's important to acknowledge the stigma that there is around mental health. And so what advice would you give to a student um, when having a conversation about mental health? I love this generation because I feel like I've seen very different ages and generations come through in the last 10 years. And this generation in particular, these incoming students are all about mental health. Like <laughs> yeah. that is the thing that they focus on. That is their number one thing. They are very good about asking for sick days for mental health. They are very good about saying like, this is not serving me, you know, in my emotional well-being. And while you can't always do that, like there's a reality to the world that you can't just like put the world on hold because you aren't feeling it. Um, but I love that that is just not something that they're shying away from is having that conversation. I find that it is, you know, a little bit more of an older generation that is like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can just get over it. Or that's life. It. Like yeah. you should be going through hard things. That's the only way you get over it. And I think that is true for resiliency, right? Like you can't ever actually develop resiliency if you don't deal with challenges. That that's There's no change without challenge, right? But um, it doesn't mean that like life has to be hard. It's already hard enough. Um, and so what I always recommend is that, first of all, you, you need to get toxic relationships out of your life. So if you're struggling with that. mental health and the people around you are not supportive mm -hmm. of one, just making your life better, right? If like they're crappy people and they're just making your life worse, like get up, get rid of, just get rid of them. But if they're also not supporting you in improving your mental health, like if you're someone who's like, I'm struggling, like I have too much anxiety, I don't sleep. And they're just like, oh, get over it. You know, like big whoopity do, everyone has anxiety. Or worse. I haven't slept in a week. <laughs> let's, let's do the, yeah. uh, I'm gonna one up you on the stress. You think you're stressed out. Right. That's my favorite oh. game that no one wins. <laughs> Um, you know, or worse, they're the kind of person that's like, you have anxiety here, here's my medication or here's no. some cannabis. You don't need to do anything else. Um, that stuff doesn't help. It actually makes things worse. And I could do a whole nother podcast on <laughs> cannabis use because there's fascinating research out right now. But that to me, I think is one of, like I talked about boundaries before. It's a really hard thing to learn. And I think people stick with toxic relationships for so long because they think that that's how you show love and you show community is by sticking with a relationship, whether it's friends or family. But if these people don't show their love to you in a positive way, that's toxicity. Um, and that's probably gonna be the number one thing that stands in your way of getting help for your mental health care needs. Um, but you know, on our campus, all you have to do is ask for help. Every single person and here anyone. wants that's to help. Right. We are here to help. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I started this initiative called I Ask for Help. Um, we have a new website now. I saw the campaign come out. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, it's been like a little germ of an idea for so long. <laughs> um, and finally, we were able to bring it to fruition that, you know, there's one piece of it where we, you know, staff and faculty, even students, student leaders, we are taught how to recognize warning signs from students. Like we see when they don't show up to class, mm -hmm. we're taught how to reach out to them. But the other half of that equation is that a student actually has to ask for help, right? Yes. Um, we've had instances where faculty members bring students to the wellness center and they're like, I want them to make a counseling appointment. And if they're 18, we legally cannot force them to have counseling. We, we cannot do that. So we just have to say, well, thank you. We'll talk to the student. But if they are like, I don't want to make an appointment, we they leave, right? right. So even if it's well-intentioned, if the mm -hmm. student is not the one asking for help, Mm -hmm. 
then help can't really be given, right? We're not mind readers. So asking for help and just saying, I can't do this. I don't know everything. I just need some support. Ask anyone on campus that and you will get something. Mm -hmm. You will get some kind of help. And I think just knowing that helps that stigma a little bit. Like, wow, there's not really any place here that I need to be ashamed of it because like we are built to help students. Like that is our main purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I don't, yeah, I don't know if we can say it enough in the sense that we all are here for student success, for student health and wellness and safety. So yeah. for sure. Yep. Oh, I feel warm. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I just keep coming back to boundaries too. You know, it's, I saw this quote the other day that uh, read something along the lines of like, we build boundaries to keep people in our lives, right? Um, I mean, and we build boundaries, obviously, for so many reasons. Um, but I think also for students, as you're building boundaries, sometimes, you know, noticing like if someone's not respecting those boundaries, that can be a sign of a, a toxic relationship. And so being able to recognize that and, and when to walk away from that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just that's just like a becoming adult skill, right? Yeah. I mean, we all struggle with that. Mm. And it's even harder when it's like a family member. Mm. Talked to a lot of students who um, you know, they're like, I know I'm 18, I'm 24 or whatever. I should be able to make these choices of whether or not I want to access counseling, but my mom or my dad mm. is so against this that I could never tell them that I'm doing that. And that's the beauty about meeting with our, our mental health staff is like they can actually help you with what that talk would look like. Right. Like, Ooh, nice. you know, yeah. role playing, like how would you tell a loved one that you're seeking out mental health care so you don't have anxiety about that? Um, that's all stuff that you can work out in a therapy session. It's it's such a great tool that it's not just you sitting there complaining about your feelings, which yeah. I think some people think that's therapy. You can actually build skills in there about stuff like that, about working with people in your life who may not be super supportive. Love that. It's such a large concept because I've had students in the office too when we're talking about careers, mm -hmm. jobs, futures, internships, and sometimes there's the the struggle or you can see with the student they're you're why did you choose this major? What are you thinking? And I'm like, do you have support from home? And so knowing though that they can go and have the conversations with your office, and then in a sense be coached, learn some skills mm -hmm. as you said. Uh, wow, I mean, we can change your life and we're here to support as much as we can on the career side with the College of Business. And then, I don't know, I have to go back to relationships too and thinking about, you don't know sometimes that you're in this relationship that's negative because it's all around until you step outside and all of a sudden you're like, oh, what? Mm -hmm. My reality isn't this. Right. And so realizing too, it's bringing you down and then you're spreading this toxicity. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, so individualized. So step outside, man, have a good friend, like my buddy, Ashley co-host here. Uh, so anyway, it's everybody's yeah. responsibility. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like, you know, is there anything we haven't asked or you want to just inform students about with USF health and wellness on the St. Pete campus? You know, you, when you said the, the quote about boundaries, I was thinking about something that stuck out to me the other day. Um, you know, all the wellness influencers and, you know, garbage that's on social media, because most of it is. Um, <laughs> but I follow a wellness influencer who said that if, if your wellness routine doesn't make you feel well, then it's not a wellness routine. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's something that I always want people to know is that like wellness is not like a one and done thing. Like mm -hmm. I only eat this or I do, I've never eaten this or I, this is the workout that I do and it has to be for half an hour, five times a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, insert some arbitrary standard of health and wellness, some behavior. Um, that it's all individual. And if the thing that you're doing makes you crazy, that you're like, I didn't get to eat this thing, or I just ate this thing and I feel awful, right? Oh. Or, you know, I'm beating myself up because right. I so missed this. That's not a wellness, that's not wellness, right? Yeah. That's actually making you ill. So I just want everyone to focus on the fact that like your wellness is personal, it's individual. What works for one person doesn't work for another and that's okay. But at the end of the day, you should be feeling more things that are good. <laughs> As opposed to bad. And definitely anyone here can help you with that. And that's really what we do at the Wellness Center. And I love the peer chat. Yes, I love together it. all. Like, together, together all. all. Awesome. Thank you. So we typically ask our guests a couple of final questions. So if you could go back in time and give your college self a piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? I would have told myself, one, to get into counseling earlier because I struggled with depression my first few years and that took me out of the game of mm -hmm. experiencing the fun of college. But two, I would also um, visited career services earlier. Yay! That's like us. big time because <laughs> by the time I did, I was in grad school and I was like, that's why I wasn't getting jobs because I didn't know how to do this like very standard thing. I just never had asked for help. That is one thing that I wish I had done in college was visit career services way earlier. Aww, and we did not pay her, folks. No, I tell <laughs> I tell people that all the time, like my student workers, students in my class, I'm like, have you seen career services? You need to do it now, don't wait. Don't wait, because then at the end of the semester when people are trying to get jobs, right. you may not be able to get an appointment, so do it now. And we also <laughs> want to fill in any gaps. Yeah. If, if yeah. you're not yet ready for that job or we know what they're looking for. So if there's still time to do something like do an internship, volunteer, job shadow, yeah. mentor. It'll alleviate the stress, right? Yes. So that you're, it's all kind of, you know, it's the word that I'm looking for, reciprocal, right? Mm -hmm. Our yes. second question is connecting with you and or the wellness center. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend? Um, so to get any appointment at the wellness center, you just call 727-873-4422. Our website is super, super comprehensive, um, not just because I designed it, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything on there. Um, but really, anything you need that you have a question about, information that you're like, I just wanted to know more about this health topic, mm -hmm. our website is there. You can also make any medical appointment online through our website. So that is you know, for students who don't like the phone. I hate talking to people on the phone now. I'm going to make my appointment online. It's there too. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We've enjoyed having you on set today. Uh, and tune in, follow us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.